Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to Bear and Balanced. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, it's been almost a year since we've been able to say this. Chicago Bears won a football game. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's it's so weird. We're talking on the pre-show. Like, you know, do we have some like special, you know, thing we do on wins? You know, we're like, I can't remember. It's been so long, but yeah, it's a Bears dub. It's exciting time to be a Bears fan. You know, the 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 narrative is is slowly shifting. Two weeks in a row now, the offense looked competent. Coach Flus is is calling some blitzes. His defense uh made some plays, you know. It's like what's going on? So it's uh we'll see what happens, man. Vikings coming up this week. You know, win there, man. Things really can change. Yeah, it's it's interesting just how you know calmer everybody is, right? We finally broke that 14 game losing streak. You get in the win column, people are like, okay, like finally we're seeing some stuff. Like you said, you're seeing Coach Flus maybe go against what he's normally into, which is actually trying to manufacture pressure, which was nice to see. You're seeing Justin Fields back to back games now with four touchdown passes. That's pretty impressive. Back to back weeks where he's nominated for that air player of the week thing you know so that's great maybe he can win it this week uh particularly since the the bears got the w before we get into trench tribute we always start with trench tribute here but i thought special occasion here um let's let's talk about dick buckus yeah uh so we lost uh uh we lost dick buckus before uh wednesday night into thursday morning we found out before the game um and uh, one of, I would say, a handful of Chicago Bears that always makes like the top five list, right? I think on our list, he was the third best player, the second best player, one of the two. Uh, it's, us- it's usually him and, and Gail uh, Sayers, which is interesting because they came in, drafted together, yeah. uh, and then so closely tied at the hip and became lifelong friends. And, and of course, we lost Gail a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, this is this is a this is a big deal when you lose an icon like this. Uh, you know, University of Illinois graduate, you know, real Chicago through and through. It meant so much to the organization, and even up to this season, was hosting some tailgate parties, was at the stadium trying to whip the fans up into a frenzy. So still involved um, at his late age. His numbers, of course, retired. I mean, I just the accolades, the the impact on the organization um, cannot be stated in a two minute tribute up at the top of a podcast episode. We could do a whole series. Um, but I just wanted to kind of put it out there for everybody and for you in particular, like, what do you think of when you think of Dick Buckus? Just he's, he is, in my opinion, the best linebacker ever, just the stuff he did in that era. I mean, the interceptions, the coverage, you know, sacks weren't a stat obviously back then, but you know, he, he would rush the passer. He did everything for the Chicago bears. And, and, and I, I, I'm always asked, you know, 
if there's someone you can, you could have seen play, he's the one guy that I, that I really wish I could have seen play. Just the violence he played the game with, the fun he played the game with. You know, there's so many clips that you see out there. There's the one, um, I think it was the the missed field goal. He catches the ball and he kind of just he, he has it as a to taunt the guy. There's another one where it's a it's a interception where he gets it and mid play, mid play, <laughs> he stops and he just kind of taunts the guy and I'm like what is happening? And then of course you know when his playing career is over, he went on to acting, did a lot of great stuff there just you know i mean I, I don't get too too emotional over over celebrities or athletes you know when when things happen but man this one this one kind of hit me man because it's like i always tell the story that walter payton is the guy that why i became a bears fan you know i, I didn't really know much about bears i was kind of found another team I, I turned on to payton but then of course nfl films was huge back then and so i of course i'm, I'm a bears guy now it's you, even even in my youth i dove all in i started going back to nfl films Dick Butkus, you know, oh my God, this guy was remarkable. So yeah, it's a tough one for Bears fans. I mean, I know Jack Silverstein's working on a big article right now. He's got coming out. He's been texting me stuff that he that he finds through like he has that uh, newspapers.com thing he has, and he's finding old stuff from like his high school days. It's like this guy was like, you know, probably one of the greatest, you know, athletes ever to come out of the state of Illinois. Just just remarkable the stuff he did, you know, on on, on football and it's just uh, it's, it's it's a tough one. This one, this one for Bears fans. Yeah. I, again, you know, you talk about Walter Payton. You talk about Gail Sayers. You talk about Dick Buckus, and, and there you go. I mean, if you want to expand the list a little bit, then you start talking about guys that came before that, uh, or maybe Mike Ditka, right? Like, and that you're really talking about the history of the Bears, but you know, you can't tell the history of the Bears without talking about Dick Buckus. And I think something you said is really important. In terms of his play on the field, I think the character off the field is is amazing and, and was, you know, was so important as well, but so good in coverage. And in, in like, this is not like a two down thumper. Like you think like, oh, old linebacker, like he's just the guy that was just, he was just cracking heads and that, that's all he was. No, he was like really legitimately good in coverage. And he, he and, and no one talks about that. Right. But he, he was, he was legitimately good. And I think about him a lot more like Erlacher in terms of what Erlacher brought to the game, really kind of changing with cover two and be able to, to, to drop deep and all that. Buckus probably wasn't doing that. He didn't need to back then, but he could really cover the middle of the field in the passing game. And he was just dominating from side to side, sideline to sideline and, and, and stopping the run. Um, and some of the, some of the times that he'll pop up in some of those NFL films are, are some of my favorites too. There's a, uh, like an Ed Bradovich clip that's all about Ed Bradovich, but of course they talk about Bick, uh, D- uh, Buckus, and there's some really good stories there. And he'll, he'll come on and he's laughing. He just has a a contagious laugh as well, right? I mean, like I never met the guy. I don't I don't know him, but you know, you see a clip of him and he's laughing, and you can't help but kind of chuckle yourself. Like he's you really get in again that kind of character, and then you see him on the field and he's like. I want to put you in the hospital. Like he's, you know, he plays with that old school linebacker mentality. So um, yeah, uh, obviously incredibly important to the bears organization uh, incredibly big personality and, and had a, um, you know, a great impact uh, on a lot of bears fans. And so, yeah, like you said, this one hurts and uh, just wanted to kind of start off the show that way. And the bears did come through with a, with a victory on a Thursday night football game and, and uh, reminiscent of other, uh, grace that we've lost in the past where, where the bears have responded, right. The, the, the Peyton game uh, coming to mind quickly. So, uh, we will, uh, move on to our trench tribute here. So 
we've talked in past shows like this is kind of tough this week and we kind of go back to like kind of stretching a little bit or maybe we find a guy that we think you know pretty good uh we had our options here but who did you go with like you said we could i could have went a lot of different directions um but i wanted to go with uh nate davis you know i kind of went back and watched this play and it's like he's coming into his own now you're starting to see the player the bears signed Obviously, he had the issue. There was a death in the family. I ended up, you know, found out it was his mother. So it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, it's no wonder he was kind of going through it. That's, you know, people hear a death in the family, someone close to the family. No one knows. Mother hits different, man. I mean, that's, you know, I, I've lost my mother. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, it, it takes you out of it. So he had, he had to take some time. She was sick for a long time leading up to, to her final passing. So. And he was taking care of business. He had to do what he had to do. He had to be there for his family. Um, but he's been back now two weeks. I thought he was okay last week. And then this week, you're starting to see it. I didn't realize he, he is so good. You know, he, like when you look at his RAS numbers, he doesn't test as well as you would think, but he plays faster than he tests. A lot of plays he's out in front on screens. He's getting downfield. You know, he's really good on the twists and the stunts. I think he's going to be good being next to Darn- Darnell Wright, who's a rookie. And then whoever ends up playing center, because He's just smart. I mean, the stuff on the right side, there were no instances where he, he screwed up a, a stunt. He was there. He was passing off correctly, and he's looking for work. You know, there's times where he's just kind of sitting there knowing to block, and then he just, well, this this guy's engaged with my center. I'm going to go pop him just because that's what offensive linemen do. They, they want to have some some physicality. They want to make a, make a statement, and that was Nate Davis this week. I, I like what he's doing, and I can't wait to see him kind of really round into the shape and be the player that Bears expect him to be. Yeah, it's a great call. It's one of the two names that I have listed on my sheet today, and when I went back and watched, I was like just waiting for somebody to kind of pop like is you know just watching the lines when i when i do the replay and i was like you know okay he's starting to come into his own and like you say you know we we talked about it we didn't know what was happening we would have loved to have had a little bit more uh clarity and messaging it's clearly a personal issue we certainly gave that benefit of the doubt to him um and you know obviously a tough personal situation and he's bouncing back uh from that with his play on the field i went the other side of the ball with mine uh, Andrew Billings continues to be just pop off film. I mean, yeah. this guy, this guy continues to just look like a stud. Uh, I mean, we're, we're getting to the point now where it's like, we need to start talking about Andrew Billings signing an extension because he's That's that good, sure. right? He, he needs to be part of this rotation. There, there were plays where he was just in the backfield and, and I found it hilarious that Kirk Herbstreit said he was undersized. I need to know what Kirk Herbstreit thinks a properly sized human being is because he's massive. Uh, I think maybe he's just means that he's shorter than like, I think he was going with the shortest. He's I think yeah. he checks in a six one, which, you know, right. it's a little smaller, but if you're going to play the D line and you're six one, you're playing tackle. Right. And that that's totally normal, right. Yeah. To, to kind of the uh, fire hydrant type type building. Again, like I'm six foot six one. So I, I don't find that particularly short, but I, I do understand like as a professional defensive lineman, that looks a little short, but when you're that wide, when you're three fifteen, okay, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that that that's a real number for him. Um, but, yeah. but, you know, if he steps on the scale, I think it's probably a little bit bigger, but he he's just really can take over that interior uh, line and that can control the run. It can get interior pressure and, and that can have a big impact uh, on the game. 
I, I think he's been really good. And so obviously with a big guy like that, you want to see if he can continue that play throughout the long 17 game schedule because a lot of guys like that can kind of wear down. But if you are keeping him in a rotation and keeping him fresh, you should be able to get really good snaps from him throughout the entire year. This was a guy I liked before, when they signed him. I, I don't see why you don't bring him back at this point. Well, he's bounced around. I mean, the Bears are his third team, I believe. So it's like, you know, you makes you wonder why isn't he stuck sucked before um i know there was an injury early in his career so maybe they kind of set him back a little bit as far as his progression uh taylor Dahl interviewed uh coach uh marvin lewis who had him of course with the cincinnati Bengals. they talked about that how you know his rookie year spray pretty much lost so maybe they just set him back and they kind of put him behind things he had to catch up and you know get that the knee right and but now here he is and, and like you said he looks like he's definitely a guy you want to think about extending uh, i've had some bears fans mention that it was similar to the akeem hicks situation you know the bears signed akeem hicks kind of came out of nowhere and just, he just found a home. It just, sometimes it just clicks, you know, and then it could be the defense just could be the point he is in his career. Um, he's reading things, right. He, he understands the game better. Um, things have slowed down for him. He understands that what the offensive linemen are trying to do to him. So uh, I have no problem. If Billings is the guy, he keeps this up. I think the Bears should have to think about, you know, giving him some new paper. Yep. I love it. Let's move on to the, the world of Twitter. Um, which again, like I said, has been much calmer. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the, the theme of this show by n- nobody's going to be surprised is going to be a, a wide receiver here. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with mine. This is uh, from at Theoden King 58. Again, Theoden King it by itself was taken Theoden King one through 57. With, I don't know what's happening with all these numbers at the end of these, these handles, but at Theoden King says, uh, his hottest take was that DJ Moore breaks Brandon Marshall's single season receptions record. And so I went back and looked at Chicago Bears single season receiving records just to see what they're at. And Brandon Marshall does own the single season reception record, at 118 catches from 2012. He also owns a single season yardage record from what I could find, 1508. Uh, and then the record for most touchdowns in a season receiving touchdowns in a season is 13 owned by two individuals do you know them ken cavanaugh ken cavanaugh is one absolutely you got the other one the second one is uh i want to say harlan hill but i think that might be too obvious of a reach there yeah is it alshon no it's actually dick gordon okay yeah yeah that makes sense so yeah, uh, yeah, Kev- Kavanaugh's record—that that's kind of unreal because it's you know way back in the '40s. So uh, that's been standing for a long time. We'll put it that way. So if you look at it, and this is always fun to do projections right after a giant game because you know the the numbers are going to spike a little bit here. But there's been a couple games where I think the numbers were depressed. So maybe that evens out. Maybe these numbers are close to sustainable but if you take week one right there two catches in week one it's like right. they it's like they forgot who they traded for the first right. week they got in their own head they're like oh, oh i'm sure the packers will expect it so let's use him as a decoy no use him as the man because that's use him as this this, yeah. this is the right thing to do this is what we've been saying all year right yeah. so this is a little bit of a we talked about this before we started uh we popped on here a little bit of a victory lap here it's maybe an obvious victory lap but it is a bit of a victory lap for me this is what i have been saying all off season but if you take this pace and apply it for the rest of the year he's on track for 92 receptions 1805 yards and 17 touchdowns so that would break two of the three receiving records uh wow. in, in single season history so 
I, I don't know what is most, I, I mean, everything's in play. Um, but I, th- I think the yardage is actually probably the most breakable for more this year. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he's, uh, he's just so good after the catch too. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, it's, uh, this is who a legit wide receiver one is we talk about like, like, why are they not running more stuff through him? I mean, just l- let everything build off what he does. You know, we've, we've talked about it every show how, you know, Luke Getzi should understand that he comes from a system, comes from a, of a, of a, of a offense where they, they did that with the number one receiver. That's DJ Moore, man. I mean, he looked, he looked outstanding. Just, uh, he, he's the guy. I mean, there's no point. That kind of leads me to my tweet. Uh, Mark, Mark Potash, um, you know, we always watch other games and for with the bears on Thursday, we're all watching the games on Sunday. So, so he tweeted this out during the Jaguars game. It must be nice for bears fans to finally watch a player like Calvin Ridley make a clutch catch and not think to themselves, the bears need a wide receiver like that because they have one now. DJ Moore, man. It's just, uh, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's so weird. You know I mean? Just to think the bears have a, a, a modern style passing offense coming up now because DJ Moore just really sets that room up. There's still some issues there. I mean, they're still going through stuff. The Chase Claypool trade obviously happened. That was a, a mistake, a swing and a miss by Ryan Poles, you know, but I, I don't think they're going to miss it because they never had it to begin with. So someone will step in and then uh, this just, you know, leaves some, some more, more targets for DJ Moore, which is I'm fine with. Yeah. I guess if you missed it, uh, the bears did trade Chase Claypool to the Miami Dolphins. It is a swap of late round picks in 2025. So it is, and and I mean, like the Bears get the Dolphins sixth rounder and the, in 2025 and the Dolphins get Claypool and the Bears seventh rounder. So you don't even get an extra selection. You get a move up from seventh round territory into sixth round territory to dump chase claypool so not not a great return on on the number 32 overall pick uh which of course we didn't know what that was and all that blah 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 blah. it's a bad trade right now the the original trade now the, the the positive that you can take from that is that he uh ryan poles was not willing to go down with the claypool ship right like he's admitted his mistake and and got him off the roster. Right. I don't, that's a no value real trade there to me. Like it's not like you can say, well, you got something for it. Not really. Like that's the, 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 there's very little that that's going to come, come out of that, but you were willing to move on from your mistake. I think that's the takeaway. There are some GMs that won't do that. And so at least you got to give them a little credit for that. It, It does suck, but at least we have a little addition by subtraction. Claypool is now no longer here. Whatever the heck they were trying to do with Claypool in the mix was not working. And two games without Claypool in the lineup have been much more productive than the three that where he was in. It's strange because he did have a nice offseason. Yeah, there was the weird stuff going on where you know fans were upset because he was doing fashion things. But you know, when he was at practice, he looked good. I mean, there was some beat writers that were there from from like uh, the cover of the NFL nationally. Even they were talking about Claypool looks like like if they didn't know DJ Moore was in the field, this they said the Claypool looks like the number one. He looks that good, and it just didn't work out. It makes you wonder what was going on behind the scenes and what was going on, going on in the locker room. You know, was there other stuff happening there where just the personality clash, things didn't work? You know, because because the talent is there. I mean, we we saw it. 
We'll see what happens in Miami. I, I mean, I'm not sure how much they expect out of him in Miami. I know there was some talk about maybe playing tight end with them. I don't know. I mean, he's, his blocking wasn't the best as a receiver. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, that, that that's a good coach. You know, that's a good offensive coach there, Mike, Mike Daniel. They'll figure something out. He'll be fine, and then uh, he'll have some big plays, and then at some point it's going to happen. You know, then Bears fans will be upset because Claypool got away and did something from Miami. But I, I think the Bears are in a better place now with what they have now. Why doesn't anybody ever ask us to, to go do fashion stuff? Right? I mean, come on. Come on. We We're available. We are. We are. Yeah. Fly us, fly us out to Paris. We'll go on the runway. Look at look, nice. look at this stuff we're rocking, right? You're ready. Anyway. All right. Let's uh let's move on to caught up in a numbers game, our stat of the week. Again, I think we're we're rolling with with DJ Moore stats. Uh, but mine is kind of a combined DJ Moore Justin Fields stat. Justin Fields passer rating when targeting DJ Moore is a perfect 158.3. Those numbers are 27 of 34, which is incredible. Uh, 531 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. So once again, when I have said run the offense through DJ Moore, (laughs) this is why. Now you can't, this is not sustainable. You can't expect this, but this is why you try to run your offense through your number one wide receiver because he can take the volume and everything else will open up off of it. So if, if opponents now try to take him away with bracket coverage or whatever, then you will have better, more advantageous matchups elsewhere, right? So that'll be the shift that'll happen. So teams come after more. You'll see, we'll see if Mooney opens up more. We'll see if, if uh, Cole Komet opens up more. We'll see if, you know, fill in the blank, whoever else wants to run a route on this team, um, you know, opens up more. So that's, that's really why you try to do this and, and pepper a guy with targets like this, because if it, it make a defense, try to take him away because right now no one can. Yeah. It's not like the bears are, are going to him too much because you know, his, his target share is, is, you know, it's, it's, it's comparable to other ones around the league, but he's catching like 70% of the balls that are thrown his way. So it's like, you know, you, like a guy like Mooney, for example, a few years ago, and he had that great season, he had a lot of targets to generate those catches and those yards that's not DJ Moore. DJ Moore is actually like efficient and, and the numbers dictate it, you know, perfect passer rating. So like I said, it's not going to keep up, but you know, as, as teams will start realizing, you know, this guy's legit, I'm sure they already knew it to an extent, but you know, man, if the bears can figure out some way to scheme some touches up for him, I want to see him on some jet sweeps, some end rounds. I want to see the ball in his hands as much as possible because I just think he's that good and he's that much of a threat to take it to the house. And it's, again, it, it's, it gives the defense something else to think about if you're showing other looks with DJ Moore. Absolutely. What about you? What do you have? Uh, I'm not as DJ Morris more. I'm more Justin Fields here. So my number this week is 7.2. 7.2%. That's Justin Fields' touchdown percentage. Oh, wow. That leads the NFL. I know when he had those touchdown passes on Thursday night, some, a lot of the talk on Twitter was, hey, Justin Fields leads the league in touchdowns. So, of course, some haters, ah, it's Thursday. Other teams will come in. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So, but the percentage, he is tops in the league right now 7.2%, 11 touchdowns, 152 attempts. That is uh, the, the 11 touchdowns, the second in the league. Um, someone passed him up there. I think it was Josh Allen or Kirk Cousins, one of those guys. I forget. Last year, his percentage in touchdowns was 5.2. So it's a significant jump. And um, and I'm sure it's ch- sure to change, but 7.2 touchdown percentage for the Bears right now, that's the highest for a Bears quarterback in a season since 
1964. Oh. Rudy Bukic. Jeez. He was he had a 7.5 touchdown percentage. He had he played in nine games that year, four starts, 160 attempts he had that season. So if Fields were to stop right now, that's that's the best since uh, 64. So throwing a Dick Gordon? What you know? What's happening with that? Uh, was that 64? Um, was that? Dick I have Gordon's no idea. Or? I I'm not <laughs> sure might be off a decade, honestly. I have no idea. You know, and then for uh, for the the Eric Kramer's touchdown record. You know, everyone talks about that as like the holy grail for Bears, you know, because they never had a 30 touchdown guy. It's 29 is the record. Kramer's year of, of 1995, it was 5.6% was a touchdown percentage that year. So Fields is um, on pace to break that record. Dick Gordon's rookie year was 1965. I'm sorry that I, I missed that. And One year uh, off. His 13 touchdown year was 1970. So. Okay. Uh, sorry, I did not look at it beforehand, and I, I didn't, I'm not Jack. I do not keep these things in my yeah, it's head. It's not like right there, yeah. So no, it's not. It's not right there. I can get ballpark, but I, I can't get. I can't get that close. Uh, okay, well, um, good stuff. It doesn't fun numbers the, when the Bears win. Fun numbers when they win, right? <laughs> That's what you get. You know, you get a yeah. win, you get fun numbers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the Luckman touchdown percent number from like 43 is is like 13. The, it's like an insane something. number. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's playing against insurance salesman that year, but you know, we won't talk about that. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's let's talk about fields. Let's 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 get intro into the field report. report. Yeah. So, fifteen to twenty nine for two hundred eighty two yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, four touchdowns for the second straight week. Uh, took three sacks, only lost nine yards on those sacks, so they weren't big time uh, yardage losers and then 11 carries for 59 yards so a little more active on the ground i heard a little bit of you know oh well, that you know 15 to 29 like yeah it's pretty inefficient yeah, okay but there were some throwaways right there, yes. there's some knockdowns which the knockdowns need to kind of stop you we need to figure that out but you know the, there was a few plays that just weren't they you know few throwaways are fine, right? Like that you watch Rogers from the past. He would throw the ball away all the time to try to protect himself. Sometimes that's fine, right? Throw, throw the ball away, live, live to play another down. You don't have to force everything, but overall those are pretty good stats for Justin Fields for the second straight week. Uh, and it, I mean, that's how you score 40 points in an NFL game is that your quarterback plays well. So that should not be a surprise, but does this give you a sense of, what fields can be for the rest of the year do you feel like this was well it was the broncos game we've got a really bad defense and then this was you know kind of random or like wh where are you at with what justin fields has put on the field over the last two weeks well the broncos stink i mean that's that's a uh that's a horrible defense but the commanders you know that's that's not that's not a bad defense you know i mean their their secondary has some issues but you know their, their front four is outstanding obviously they're all first round draft picks there you know, and, and I thought this was one of Justin Fields' best games ever because, like you said, part of it is throwaways. He was smart with the ball. He got rid of it when he had to. Um, the, the three sacks he took. One of the sacks, I think, may have been a designed draw, which is something that happened last week as well against the Broncos. I saw a run. I'm like, this looks like it's a counter play, but they're calling it a sack. And I'm like, ah, it is what it is. So I broke it down. But same thing this week. I think I think he got he got dinged for a sack. Should have been a sack. But, but he was smart with the ball. No turnovers, you know, this week, uh, which is something you want to see out of Justin Fields. Um, and then I saw a report today. I, I, I wish I would have grabbed it. It was on Twitter. I forget who said it, but um, someone said they believe Justin Fields is seeing the field better than he has um, 
this whole career. You know, his eyes are up, his eyes aren't down. That kind of helps you think as you work through your progressions. You know, we talk about Justin Fields, you know, early in the year, like he was seeing ghosts. Like he's he's expecting pressure when it's not there. He's drifting in the pocket when he when he shouldn't. You know, this week he stood tall. I wa- I went back and watched that film. There were several times where he stood tall in the pocket and he got popped after throwing the ball because he was trusting what he was having up front from his line. He was trusting his receivers and he was making the play. And if this is the Justin Fields going forward, a lot of that Caleb Williams talk is going to be on, on the sideline. Yeah. And, and again, we, we talked about it last week. He has to, I think, prove to Ryan Poles and the rest of the, the Bears brass that he can be or he already is one of the, if not the best quarterbacks in the conference, right? I mean, forget about Mahomes and, and all that stuff on the AFC. All the all the best quarterbacks are in the AFC. We know this. But right now it's basically Jalen Hurts and who else? Yeah. And 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 so there, there's a lot of question marks of, of who can be the best quarterback in, in the conference. And so I, I think you have to be able to make a legitimate argument that it's Justin Fields at the end of the year if you were having if you had that opportunity to select number one overall. And if not, that's a that's a, an amazing scenario. If you have the number one overall pick with a generational talent and you have a, a player that you believe in in Justin Fields, then you continue to be able to trade out of that number one pick for the second year in a row and get even more picks. And this I think would be even more fruitful than oh, yeah. last year, right? Like, I mean, people liked Bryce Young, obviously, but and, and CJ Stroud, but they didn't love them to the extent that they are talking about Caleb Williams and, and even May right now. Yeah. And so there, there's just a bigger groundswell of, of, of interest in, the, in those two prospects. So, I, I mean, a lot can change and a lot will change between now and then, but that would be a pretty incredible result for, for the Chicago Bears organization and Bears fans. I'm, I'm ready for it. I mean, the, the draft, it's, it's fun to talk about the draft, but I, I think it's more exciting if Justin Fields proves he's the guy and the Bears have all these great options going into the draft and, you know, like you said, the trade out of one would get you ridiculous amounts because everyone believes that guy's going to be the guy. But if it was me and Fields is, is showing enough, I'd rather have the guy that I have now. It's still the draft. It's still a roll of the dice. There's been plenty of guys that it's always he's a can't-miss prospect. Those guys miss sometimes. You know, once you get in the league, things change. So I'm hoping Justin Fields can show he's the guy and, and let's, let's, uh, let's keep it going. Yeah, and again – we're talking so much about DJ Moore. That happened because the Bears had the first pick and they were able yes. to trade out of it, right? And you know they still have this pick next year, which may turn into even more capital, which would be amazing. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side of this, we'll talk about everybody's favorite segment, the three Bears. Stick with us. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Lester, three bears, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. Who did you have for the hot bowl of porridge? Who, who, where could we possibly go here? I mean, it's DJ Moore. It's got to be DJ Moore. I mean, I also wrote down Justin Fields because, you know, back-to-back four touchdown games is pretty impressive. I think the last time it's happened was Jay Cutler um, back in that era. And, you know, but, but man, DJ Moore, man, you know, second most ever receiving yards in Bears history. You know, three touchdowns. You know, he is like you said, he's on pace for for some records here, and that's uh, again, you get that number one. You know, and and it's funny because you know there were some Panther fans they were talking a little trash. You know, in the offseason, oh, he's not that good. He's not a true number one. Like oh, I don't know, man. He, he he's put up some pretty good numbers there. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is is, is like we've we've talked about it. a lot of fans having their idea a number one is a six foot four physical specimen. And that's not what all number ones are. Stefan Diggs ain't six foot four. I mean, that's not who he is, but he's a true number one. You know, Cooper Cup, I mean, he may do a lot of his damage out of the slot. He's a true number one. I mean, number one receivers come in all shapes and sizes, and DJ Moore is definitely that guy. Yeah, it's a guy, again, it's a guy you can run your offense through. That's yes. how I define what a wide receiver one is. I don't want to get into some weird argument that, like, well, he's not as good as Justin Jefferson. Sure. Yeah. only Justin Jefferson okay. is as good as Justin Jefferson. What are we talking about here? Right. Yeah, so let's, sure. let's not worry about that comparison. But again, if you can run your offense through that wide receiver, that's a wide receiver one. So he, yeah. he's incredible. Absolutely deserving. I've got a couple more. I want to make sure that they get served here. Uh, we got to talk about Kari Blassen game, right? Yes. We've got to talk about the fullback, fullback. Yep. stepping up when all of the running backs got hurt. Kari Blassen game came into this game. Now, he has played in the NFL. This is his fifth season in the NFL. He had three carries before this game. Three. Those were as a member of the Tennessee Titans back in 2021. He had eight carries in this game to try to help salt this away. Eight carries for 26 yards. Good for him, man. Like, good for him. Like, that's great. We love fullbacks, and we obviously want to give a fullback shout-out when he has eight carries, which was more than his entire career up to that point. Hot bowl of porridge for Kari Blassen game. And then I got to mention Greg Stroman Jr., right? He had an interception, which was a very nice play. It wasn't like a gift. He, yep. he broke on the ball. It was a, a, a big play and had a sack. Like, what a, what a night. What's the last time a bear had an interception and a sack in the same game? I have no idea. Do you know? That's a question we should ask for Jack Silverstein. He would he probably would pull that off his uh stuff memory. But yeah, that's a uh and maybe one of the people listening could kind of let us know who that is because that's an interesting stat. I, I I was close to going Strowman because I looked at the numbers, overall numbers, and since he's taken over at a nickel there, I think he has two 
two games where he was the primary nickel one game he had to come in and, and as a reserve. The pass rate rating against for Stroman, he's he's tops in the Bears. You know, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, he's just a, a good athlete. And Taylor Dahl's having a Greg Stroman episode this week on her making monsters. I'm not sure who she's talking to, but it's going to be someone that's going to be fun because they're going to give us an insight into Stroman, who has had an interesting career. I mean, he started off with the with the Commanders, had some injuries, kind of bounced around the league a little bit. I think the Bears may be his third or fourth team. You know, Kyler Gordon's back this week off IR, possibly. He's the Clearly, the Bears, you know, nickelback. But Stroman may deserve some playing time. They may go some dime stuff just to get him on the field if he's making plays. It, op, the injuries create opportunities for players, yeah. right? And you never know what you're going to have. A lot of times these guys get in and you're like, oh, okay, that's why he was a backup or that's why that guy was on the practice squad. Okay, that's fine. But sometimes you get opportunities and these guys show out, right? Yeah. You know, who knew that Jack Sanborn was going to be a player last yeah. year, right? He had the opportunity and, and he steps up and he, and he makes plays and now he's, you know, in the rotation regularly. So I have to shout out a guy that, that gets a pick and a sack in the same game. That's, that's fantastic. That is a good question. It'd be interesting to see if you can go back and, I mean, again, sacks have only been around officially since 1982, but, you know, it'd be fun to see who maybe pulled off that feet in the same get game. The stat yeah. head. Someone has a stat head uh, of membership. through. I bet you Sam Harvard. Householder could pull that out for us. I think he has yeah. one of those. So maybe we can ask him to do it if no one in our stream is, hasn't done that already. So uh, let's turn it around and let's go again in a win, you know, but again, we have to stay balanced even yeah. in wins. So in a, a cold bowl of porridge, what do you got? What is Dominic Robinson doing? You know, zero stats. Uh, he got a half sack last week, kind of a cleanup thing, but I'm just not seeing him make any plays. And, and I, I thought he'd be a guy that the Bears were counting on, you know, because they didn't make any big splash at edge. You know, I like some of the film he showed last year as a raw, you know, rookie, you know, uh, quarterback receiver in college, kind of kind of learning learning the tools of the trade. And I thought a, an offseason would happen. I think you'd have a nice a nice start to the season. This hasn't happened. I mean, he's in rotation. I think he played like 20-some-odd snaps last week. Like I said, no stats. You know, if, if you're the speed rusher off the edge coming in to kind of spell the the starters, you know, get some pressure, get something, you know, get in there. Dominic Robinson's cold guy this week. I, I mentioned on Twitter today that I'm four or five games into this season. And one thing that I have noticed is that I am having a really difficult time with the number change where Yannick Ngakwe purchased the number 91 from, from Robinson. And so when Yannick makes a play, I initially think it's Robinson <laughs> and I, yeah. I it's what happened this week. There was that, little cleanup sack that that Yannick had and I was like oh Robinson gets a cleanup sack you know no <laughs> it's Yannick. Like, every time every time that happens like in five games in I don't know what it is like, but I think I, if 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 Ngakwe was playing better yeah he may distinguish himself with that number a little more but he hasn't really had the best start to his bear career either I, I tend to agree. And like you said, like he, 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 he filled the stat sheet with a, with a cleanup sack. I mean, it's kind of a gift sack there where he kind of, Howell kind of ran into him. Um, yeah. But I mean, he's still got to be there. He's still got to make the play and all that. But those, yep. so you know, whatever. I mean, again, I don't know. I can't remember another time where a player bought a, a Jersey number for the bears anyway. And where that player like was still around and still playing. Cause I, I really have, I'm really struggling with it. Like every single time I see it, I'm like, oh, oh that's not Robinson. I got to tell myself every game. Uh, all right. I actually have three. For three colds? Yeah. 
Oh man. Uh, okay. All right. So cold bowl porridge goes to spraining Khalil Herbert's ankle with a, with a short pass. Uh, don't do that again, please. That was bad. Khalil that Herbert was, was having a game too. Uh, Khalil Herbert looked good and looks like he might miss some time. I talked about maybe putting him on the short-term IR, IR with the designation return, which means a minimum of four games missed. I think part of why they might do that is because they want the roster spot and they might think, well, it's probably going to take a couple weeks anyway. High ankle sprain usually does that. And so they, they may just do that just to open up the roster spot. Uh, but a cold bowl porridge goes to that pass. I didn't like to see that. Uh, Larry Borum had a tough game. Sorry, my man. Like it, it was just not great. That's a very good defensive line. But again, for people that were pretty excited about Borum, this is actually the other side of it. This is the other side of why he's a good swing tackle, but he's not a guy that you want to necessarily see starting 17 games. He's more of a guy that you, you plug in from time to time, but he's going to struggle. And if you don't give him help um, with superior uh, competition, you're going to see results like this. It's not necessarily. And this goal. was, this was superior competition. hundred percent. These are really good guys. Really yeah. Good these are really good guys. Um, but it, it's more to just kind of bring up the other side. Cause I, I see a lot of people get pretty positive about him sometimes. And, and I think that yes, as a swing guy, right? Like again, don't, don't get too over the moon with him because, um, you know, he's not necessarily a guy that's, that's a full-time starter. But again, if you're not doing anything scheme wise to help him out, you know, that's kind of on you as well. Cause you should know his limitations. And then my third bowl goes to Cody Whitehair snapping the football. And you and I have argued about this over the years, but Cody Whitehair had to come in and, and play center and boy, those snaps were rough. And I, you know, I think you said something, well, he just needs to shake off the rust. My man yeah. is no <laughs> had yeah. problems yeah. with it from the start. <laughs> so uh, I get it. It, you know, it's, it's not something I was ever able to do very well. Um, when, when I, when I played center, it, there's just something about it that I was never good at. So I can kind of feel his pain, but, but you got to lock that in, man. Like that, that's something you got to, and I think his technique was a little different than the past too. I feel like he was maybe snapping it a little different, which um, I'd have to go back and maybe see some old film. But I think he actually did try a different technique because I think he knows he's he struggled in the past. Almost a catastrophic mistake. That one that was over Fields head that he yeah. turns into a first down run. I mean, just just an easy button cheat mode kind of guy that, that Justin Fields is. But I got to at least call out Cody Whitehair's snapping as a cold bowl porridge. Yeah, we have had the Cody Whitehair discussion several times, and especially the Aussie when they said they were going to make him the center. You know, you were very concerned because of his passing. I'm like, well, you know, maybe a full year with a new regime, maybe he'll get into it, he'll get a good rhythm. Because a lot of it is, is you know, we've heard that Cody Whitehair tends to get in his own head sometimes. That's kind of what we heard about, you know, early in his career. Um, he kind of overthinks things. So, okay, let's see what happens. Then, of course, there's some injuries. He's back at guards. And now he is, as you know, how much has he really snapped? So this week coming up is going to be his first time really being a full-time snapper. We're assuming, you know, they're, they're going to let Tevin Jenkins, you know, we haven't even talked about Tevin Jenkins. We're assuming we're going to have Tevin Jenkins back at his his, uh, his left guard spot with Whitehair at center. Um, Lucas Patrick is, is in concussion protocol. Dan Feeney's on the roster. There's some options at center there. So if Cody Whitehair does struggle a little bit, I think they may make a move there. But they like Cody Whitehair. I mean, they're pretty clear cut there. That was their guy. They did not go after a center in the draft when they could have. They did not sign a guy in the draft or in the fringe when they could have. They believe in Cody Whitehair. So you better get those snaps in the gear because he's going to be the guy. All right. What about the just right ball for you? This guy had five catches, you know. 42 yards, one touchdown where he separated from a linebacker coming across the field there. 
Cole Komet, man. Yep. You know, th- this, is just, this is just who he is, you know? Right. He also had a design screenplay to him where he looked like a clunky doofus. He just, that's just not who he is. No, don't do that this, again. This is Cole Komet. You know, he, he's fine. Yeah. You know, he's on pace for like 700 yards receiving, like 10 touchdowns, like, like 65, 70 catches. You know, he's on a pace for a career year this year. There are still some fans that just, they hate him. They cannot stand Cole Komet. I, I, I know a lot of it is because he's a local guy. So there's that anti local guy. Oh, people like him because he's local. So I'll hate him because he's local. He's fine. He is who he is. He's an okay blocker. Um, but stop designing plays for Cole Komet, please, Luke. <laughs> he is not that guy. He is not a classic uh, joker tight end, a move tight end. He is your inline guy. He's athletic enough to move around, but don't design plays for him. Let him let him just work the zone. Let him run down the seam. You know, let him do do some things in the passing game as your second or third option. Which, if DJ Moore is your true number one, I think he's he's benefiting from this. So, Cole Komet, man, I I had the same thing. Uh, you know, yes. again, normally we I write down two things just in case you take mine, but I thought to, to me this was the perfect just right. He's exa- it was exactly the type of Cole Komet game that you. Yeah. might expect right yep. like you know just kind of one showing maybe some limitations and then also showing what he can do and again found it very funny all of the 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 love that kirk herbstreet was showing uh oh, the, man. Uh, the uh what a what a luxury what a luxury it is <laughs> for justin fields to be able to tar- six foot six you know just like like it's the first tall person he's ever met in his life but um you know, I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Jason Witten, right? Jason Witten might be in the Hall of Fame, so this is not like a no. a question of that. But it's more just like when I watch Jason Witten, it may have just been the second half of his career, you know. But this was a guy that just sort of ran eight yards down the field, found a soft spot in the zone, turned around, caught the ball, and fell forward. It was pretty much what he did. That's and, all and you have to do. Did it for years and years and years. Now he's a better blocker and all that. But like this, that was pretty much what he did in the passing game. And I and I think in a lot of ways, that's what Cole Quebec can do for you, right? Like he can kind of just find a soft spot in the zone. He can act as that second tertiary option, whatever it is. But you don't run your offense through Cole Quebec, right? Like, and that's no. fine. You don't have to. You're not paying him to be Travis Kelsey. You're paying him to be Cole Quebec. And this is the type of game that you expect out of Cole Quebec, and it's fine. Perfect. I think if they would stop trying to to design plays for him, I think if they just would stop doing that, I think a lot of fans would kind of come back because because as soon as that play happened, and I'm like, oh yeah, Twitter's going to be all over this, you know. And then of course our chat, we're in a chat, you know, and some of our our, our colleagues in there, they're not they're not big Cole Komet fans. So as soon as he scored a touchdown, I, I put in that chat right away. Cole Komet, all he does is piss off this chat and score touchdowns because <laughs> that, that's who he is. I mean, this is this is Cole Komet. This is a perfect game for him. Some ups and downs, but but ultimately, he's he's making enough plays for it to, to win some ball games here. Let's, let's keep this, this let's keep the streak going. Let's let's get a win in Minnesota with with Cole Komet and other Tutty. I can feel it. Absolutely. So, um, I don't have much else uh, on on victory Monday after a Thursday night win. We had plenty of time to come down off the high to kind of go back and watch this one, think about things, digest, you know, all the think pieces and all that stuff. And I think overall, my thought is I like to watch my favorite football team win games. 
And if they can do that more often, that would be great because everybody's just in a better mood. And I know, I, I, I would imagine that many bear fans know a lot of Vikings fans. And I had to put up with a lot of Vikings fans chirping last year, as I'm sure many of you did, off of this 11-0, one-score game, you know, BS, and then they got bounced in the playoffs by a bad Giants team, right? And I kept saying to them, you know, you're rebuilding. You, you better watch out. You can't expect 11-0 again, right? Ah, you know, we're stop talking three-win Bears team fan, you know, all this, right? And the Vikings have the same record as the Bears. And I would love nothing more than to see the Bears knock the hell out of the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. So let's do that. Let's have another victory Monday next Monday. It'll be nice. I mean, when's the last time the Bears won two in a row? Man, I mean, was it last I year? I, I can't even it's remember. It's been, it's been so long. Well, they only yeah. won three games last year, and it definitely wasn't in a row, right? No. It, you know, so uh, yeah, there was the, the, the opener uh, that they won. San and, then they won, and then they won in they Houston. Won the Texans, but I don't think that was week two. And then I'm they didn't sure. win for a while until October. Yeah. So, and then they didn't win again. But that, it's definitely much more fun to have a, have have a, have a win here to discuss. And I'm with you. Then Vikings fans are really chirpy for whatever reason, and we're like, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, I, I'm not a big trash talker anyway, but I, for some reason they come at me, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. Let's uh, let's wait Everybody and see how this on the big I, I guess let's see how it plays out because the Vikings had a lot of uh, very very close games and use those tend to usually flip the other way the next season. So here they are, one and four. You know this would be the battle for the for the seller in the NFC North this Sunday. Yes, we we don't want to win the seller. We we want we don't to want to win the seller ahead of the seller. So yeah, third place. We want to win the game. If the Packers lose tonight, they'll be two and three. Yes, and I'm not sure how the yeah so. Although I think the Raiders are bad, bad. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the, this, this plays out, but yeah. we will stick around to hang out with the crew that is filling up the comment section on YouTube. If you want to join that section, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, later on, on podcasts, we are here every Monday night at six o'clock uh, central time to, to hang out on the, the second city gridiron youtube channel um, we also do other things on the website like write words that form stories that go up on a website if you're unfamiliar with that um, check that out sometime we've always got some fun stuff popping there check out our colleagues they're doing great work uh, you know again we've mentioned taylor's show multiple really cool interviews that are coming up highlighting different bears and and uh, that series continues to just be a lot of fun and just make sure you're checking out our stuff anything else uh, no, that's good. A lot of injuries this week, so make sure you guys tune in for Mason West's uh, uh, bare bones on, thir- on Thursday night at 5, because I'm sure he'll get into the really deepness of the high ankle sprain, what it is, the concussion protocol, all that stuff. He does a great job with that, so just uh, stick with us, and uh, we got you covered. Perfect. Well, until next time, guys, bear down. Bear <laughs> down.